Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the Union Naval. That's the securities rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm every year is Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show, we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you and of course with great dispatch and alacrity we love to thank our distributor the salem radio network that's right the alan nathan show is entering its 25th year of national syndication all thanks to you reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again all thanks to you and by the way i don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right please get out of the thought control business our topics du jour, as you may have heard, well, Democrat presidential primary challenger Robert F. Kennedy Jr. skewers Biden over the border crisis while also opposing transgender females rivaling naturally born females in competitive sports. He also speaks out against the mega wealthy for uh, using in bad faith fashion the climate change issue uh, as a justification for authoritarian behavior against societies around the world. He says they're just using this as a pretext for a lot of authoritarianism and insistence on the purchase of certain products that will line their pockets. They're giving the climate change argument a bad name by using it in such a bad faith fashion. I want to get into that as well. Uh, again, there's just so much to which we need to get. I'll tell you one thing I want to dive into, though, is one I, the topic I just haven't had a chance to get into as much as I really would like, and I'm going to do that right now. This is about the FBI whistleblower telling the House and Senate leaders that both the DOJ and FBI have what's known as an FD-1023 document specifically describing then-Vice President Joe Biden accepting foreign money in exchange for policy decisions. What follows? That's the big question. Assisting in the opining and analyzing all for the show, Jeffrey Lord, contributing editor to the American Spectator, contributor to Newsbusters and Conservative Review. He's also former CNN political commentator. Additionally, he was associate political director for President Ronald Reagan, and also worked for uh, the late Housing Secretary Jack Kemp under President George H.W. Bush. His uh, most recent book is the highly praised work entitled Swamp Wars, Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. Jeffrey, appreciate you stopping by. Thanks so much. Great to be here, Alan. Not that there's uh, no shortage of news. <laughs> no, no, indeed. It's uh, Again, I was telling somebody else earlier, all you got to do is put a blindfold on, throw a dart, and you're going to hit something of relevance. Uh, That's just, exactly right. It's just happening like that. Anyway, real fast, uh, Chairman uh, James Comer, he's uh, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, along with uh, Senate Budget Committee ranking Republican member uh, Chuck Grassley. These guys are demanding answers from both the FBI and the DOJ regarding, again, a whistleblower's charge that apparently there's this document reporting that Biden accepted money in exchange for policy maneuvers while he was vice president. Uh, the Washington Examiner has a headline saying, Whistleblowers' claims against Biden could be biggest U.S. scandal ever. It's by Quinn Hillier. Is that headline an overstatement or just about right? Your take. No, I think it's just about right if all of this is accurate. And, you know, one of the interesting things, and it, it, and it may not be surprising, but still interesting, as you say, this is getting big headlines in the Washington Examiner. It's been in the New York Post, uh, the Washington Times, et cetera. But strangely... It's nowhere to be found on the front pages of uh, the Washington Post or the New York Times. 
Um, I haven't had a chance to check the Washington Post this morning, but as of yesterday, it wasn't there at all. And I just checked the New York Times. Nope, not to be found. Um, so what we seem to have here is it's make-believe pretty- journalism. We have make-believe yeah. journalism. I'll, I'm a, I can say this with, with some credibility. I'm a former national television correspondent myself, um, and I, you know, I've, I've done a fair bit of reporting in my time, and uh, this is something that cannot be denied as news. Now, believe it or not, one far-left outlet actually is covering it, CNN, of all people. Uh, wow. Sarah Murray and Annie Grayer and one Evan Perez – um, they just updated their report uh, today at around 11.09, and the headline reads, Top Republicans Demand FBI Document They Claim Describes, quote-unquote, Alleged Criminal Scheme Related to Biden. They say two top uh, congressional Republicans are demanding internal FBI documents that an unnamed whistleblower claims will show then-Vice President Joe Biden was involved in a criminal scheme with a foreign national. goes on to say the unverified allegation well, all whistleblowers' uh, warnings are just that. They're just warnings until you, you vet them out. But anyway, the unverified allegation outlined in a new letter Wednesday is the most explosive claim House Oversight Chairman James Comer and Senate Budget Committee ranking Republican member Chuck Grassley have lobbed uh, at the now president after both men have devoted significant time to investigating the Biden family's business dealings. Um, and they go on to say that they've alleged that the whistleblower claimed that the Justice Department and FBI have an unclassified document, quote, that describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. It has been alleged that the document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. Uh, Again, this uh, end of excerpt, this according to a letter that, uh, you know, that was written to both... uh, FBI Director Ray, as well as Attorney General Merrick Garland. Now, this um, is a document that we've not seen yet. But what I find hilarious, and I have to use the word hilarious, is that it's unclassified. And if it's unclassified, that means the DOJ and FBI are going to have less of a justification to slow walk this puppy. Where am I wrong? No, you're not. You're not wrong at all. And uh, one other thing that they said, uh, they gave the FBI a deadline of May 10th, which is to say less than a week now from uh, today uh, to produce the document. And uh, if they don't, there's going to be hell to pay here. So, I mean, this is this is a big story, uh, Alan. Uh, There's no way around it. And uh, I think they are going to get their hands on this document at some point. And uh, Wow. Then invest in popcorn stock for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it's an FBI whistleblower. These guys aren't going to be able to, I mean, normally these folks are going to risk, uh, you know, their their fiscal security as well as, as their, their reputation on, on, on flights of fancy. Now, Grassley went on to state that, quote, we believe the FBI possesses an unclassified internal document that includes very serious and detailed allegations implicating the current president of the United States, adding that, quote, what we don't know is what, if anything, the FBI has done to verify these claims or investigate further the FBI's <laughs> recent history of botching politically charged investigations <clears throat> demands close congressional oversight, unquote. Um, he, he is correct about the DOJ's and FBI's stained legacy in this regard, is he not? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this isn't about uh, your average grassroots uh, FBI agent out there who, you know, diligently goes about doing his or her job. This is about the political leadership and the politicization of the leadership of the FBI, whether it was James Comey then or Christopher Wray now or others uh, at the top of the bureau. Um, They have most definitely turned this into a political organization, and uh, they used it to try and get get Donald Trump. They're using it now, I think, to protect Joe Biden. And uh, th- this is a serious problem. I want us to go ahead and hear a little bit about uh, this in clip form. Um, we have um, on uh, Fox News tonight with Lawrence Jones, Senator Josh Hawley addressing this issue. Clip three, James, if you please. 
There is a whistleblower who has come forward and has said that there is evidence of the president's participation when he was VP in an illegal foreign influence scheme. We need to know what that evidence is. And I don't know why anybody would want to hide it. I think the Democrats should come forward. If they're so confident that Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong, great. Then release the document. Let's get it all out there in public. Sunshine is the best disinfectant. We all need to see it. Let's get it all out there so people could see what the facts are. You know, when President Trump was in office, you heard the Democrats talk about protect the whistleblower. Protect them at all costs. Will these whistleblowers get that same protection? Because that's a real concern. Yeah, it is a real concern. And we should hear from Merrick Garland right now that the DOJ and the FBI will give this whistleblower the full protections provided by law. And I would just emphasize, Lawrence, this whistleblower is entitled to protections under the law. It's not like just a courtesy, like, oh, you know, we're going to be nice to you. No, the law says that whistleblowers are entitled to full protection. There cannot be retaliation. And again, though, it's, it's an unclassified document. I, I, don't see, I don't see the normal defenses being able to get thrown up here. Your take on it, sir. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think they've got a real problem on their hands here, and uh, we are going to see how this unfolds. But uh, they should be able to get that document. Well, as usual, never enough time, but thanks uh, for dropping by. Jeffrey Lord, everybody, contributing editor to the American Spectator. You're listening to the Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Spring is here. Time to get out of the gym and take your workout outdoors. Whether you're walking, running, swimming, or biking, it's important to have a proper warm-up routine to prevent injuries. Five-time Ironman triathlon world champion Craig Crowey Alexander has some advice. Sprains, strains, and injuries can happen to any athlete. Even a minor injury can affect your performance and derail your fitness routine. One of the best ways to try and prevent injuries is to make sure you prepare properly. Alexander recommends always starting with a 10 to 15 minute dynamic warm-up. Activation exercises combined with some dynamic movements like lunges are great for warming up. Focus on one specific movement at a time until you feel ready to go. Be sure to listen to your body and use proper support gear when needed to protect yourself and prevent injury. The Curad Performance Series Ironman lineup includes rugged supports, wraps, kinesiology tape, bandages, and analgesics to support you on your fitness journey. For more, go to curad.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States including yours, but they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. 
One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Uh, there is just so much going on, and uh, as per the norm, just uh, absolutely uh, never enough time to pull it off. But we're going to give it a shot. <laughs> we're going to give it a shot. Uh, of course, um, we have before us a number of challenges. Um, we've got... Uh, uh, you know, Arizona Independent Senator Kirsten Sinema scolding White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre for mindlessly saying that, quote, when it comes to legal immigration, you've seen it come down by more than 90 percent. Uh, Jean-Pierre ever going to correct her imbecilic claim on this matter? Come on. It, it, this is just too silly. Just absolutely too silly. Also, Twitter's instant fact check spanks Michigan Democrat Rashida uh, Talib for her vacuously inaccurate claim that, quote-unquote, the apartheid state of Israel was born out of violence and the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. And, of course, the, uh, the fact-checkers show proof that she's wrong on both counts. And uh, th- this one really irked me, I have to tell you. Again, she said that the apartheid state of Israel was born out of violence and the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. Now, the fact-check people pointed out that... Uh, that uh, this is that that which Talib's talking about affected both Jewish and Arab communities that were caught up in the war, and that this war was initiated by five Arab states who opposed the existence of Israel. Now, here's somebody interesting who weighed in on this. One U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, he's the former one, I should say, a former ambassador to Israel, David Friedman. Uh, she pointed out to her, "Hey, lady, <laughs> quote, you're off a bit on this, Congresswoman. All right, you're off a bit on this, Congresswoman." Uh, he points out, actually, the state of Israel was born notwithstanding the unsuccessful Palestinian attempts at ethnic cleansing to remove the Jews through acts of terror and collaboration with Hitler, whose dear friend, whose dear friend, by the way, was Grand Mufti of Jerusalem. Now, his tweet also condemned, uh, the tweet, I should say, was also condemned, by the permanent representative of Israel to the U.N., this uh, Gilad Erdan. We've had him on before ourselves. Uh, matter of fact, when he was on with Fox Digital, uh, he pointed out how um, the comments were an example of Democrats' anti-Semitic lies. He said, to you, quote, Tlaib's ignorance and hatred toward the Jewish people and the state of Israel knows no bounds. He adds that, quote, the facts are clear. The Arabs rejected the U.N.'s resolution to establish a Jewish state and started a war to annihilate the Jews in Israel. And it's true, the five uh, Arab states in question actually convinced the Arabs within the uh, environs of Israel to leave, saying, hey, don't worry, we'll go in and make sure you get it all. Didn't work out as they planned. I can go on and on and on with that topic, but I, I, I've got to uh, break from it a bit and uh, go on with uh, another friend of the show, Benjamin McFarland III, CEO and co-founder of SROA Capital. Um, he's here with us right now to chat with us about Biden's um, home buyers with good credit to subsidize those with bad credit seeking mortgages uh, plan. Uh, Benjamin, good to have you on board. How are you today? Hey, Alan. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Great, oh, pl- great, uh, great time today to be on the show with you. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, we're talking about what's going on right now with the uh, Federal Housing Finance Agency. Uh, they got a rule forcing those with good credit to subsidize those with bad credit for mortgages. I'm thinking this damn thing's really an illegal tax because it's not been written by Congress. Um, it's not been written by Congress at all. And this, of course, yeah, has could, prompted you, officials from 27 different states to assail it as a disaster in, in, hap, in, 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 um, in motion and also, quote-unquote, one of the most backward incentives imaginable. Well, that, I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear about the 27 states and all that. I'm just pissed off that Congress isn't weighing in on this with something more than, oh, let's create a bill to stop this. No, we don't want another law. There's already plenty of laws saying Biden can't violate separation of powers. They've got a separation of powers case 
I'm curious why they're not lobbying it uh, through the courts right now. Your sense of it. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know what always gets them excited is when you use words like term limits. It's, you know, they just love to, you know, keep, keep throwing things at it so they can all justify what they're doing up there. But, you know, from an economic perspective, uh, backward incentives is, is probably a light way to put it. Who, who in their right mind, if, if they can afford to not have a mortgage, is going to think they're subsidizing folks that have had bad credit the whole time? And I think what what you know what you always find is they're they're leaving that that middle class there just sitting in limbo saying hey well i have to get a mortgage to get my home and you know what the best way to protect yourself in an inflationary environment is is to get a home that's that's your single biggest asset in most most uh households today it seems so counterintuitive then to pull this move i mean because you know, again, these 27 states are calling this disastrous and one of the most backwards incentives imaginable. And the reason is, I think anyway, because look, let's look at it. The good credit folks needed to subsidize the bad credit ones will hold back buying a home. Thus meaning they'll also be holding on to the, to the ones they have because of their already locked in lower rates. And that's going to wind up draining the housing market of both inventory and buyers Thus, really further damaging the economy. Where am I exaggerating in the least? You haven't missed it. It's downward cycle. Money doesn't go where it's not liked. And they're saying, hey, we don't like you over here, money. Stay, stay at home. If you haven't moved, don't move. You know, we're going to if you do move and you're a good actor and you've had good credit, why are we rewarding people? Oh, wait, aren't we in the United States of America still, by the way? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm asking here. That's what that's what's a head scratcher. That's why it's such a head scratcher. The Biden administration's rule to force those having good credit to subsidize the mortgages of those with bad credit, that this really is taxation without representation because all taxes must originate with the House, according to Article One of the Constitution. It's black letter constitutional law. So again, there's no need for legislation to deter that which is already illegal. But you've got this congresswoman out there wanting to put forward a bill, which is completely unnecessary. Finally, this is also ripe for an immediate citizen-wide class action lawsuit, is it not? Because millions could easily meet the criteria for what constitutes, quote-unquote, standing on this issue. You know, the, the one established by the Supreme Court's ruling in Lujan v. Defenders of Wildlife, 1992. Injury in fact, causation, and likelihood of redress. All three boxes can easily be ticked off. Injury in fact is, you know, you've got to show it's a harm that's actual and imminent, not merely conjectural hypothetical. Causation, you've got to show how the harm is traceable to the controversial conduct and focus. Well, that box is easily ticked. Everyone's going to be fiscally hurt. And then likelihood of redress, this is where plaintiffs have got to identify the remedy that a court's ruling could offer. Well, the remedy's quite straightforward. If you say they can't do it, I'm not going to be harmed. I mean, I mean, it would appear that this would be a law firm's wet dream when it comes to the matter of standing. Where am I mistaken? I, you are right on with that one. I mean, I was going to say, if, if, I, if I was a lawyer, we'd be in a good spot right now with the class action. Unfortunately, it's really hard to chase the government on things like this, this broad. And I can't believe they're just able to slide this stuff in. Um, I, I, I hope, I hope to God everyone listening can, can let their representatives know how ridiculous this sounds to them. And, and, and Democrat or not, this is just a bad piece of business legislation. I mean, this is bad. Um, and, oh, by the way, we're coming into a higher interest rate environment. Some things are going to start to, you know, keep going here. If they keep this Fed raising up, they're going to keep going till it breaks. We haven't seen the fallout of, of really what's going to happen over the next six to nine months. So... Here we are, America. I mean, hopefully they'll they'll stop the shenanigans and let business get back to business. Wow. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's almost as if the Democrats are going out of their way to lose the general election in 2024. I, I mean, it's almost like they're doing the work for the GOP for them, are they not? They are. It's this so bizarre. Is, uh, downward spiral right now happens. So thanks for having me on, Alan. No, look forward to having you again. Benjamin McFarlane III, everybody, CEO and co-founder of SROA Capital. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. 
From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools... Suddenly, everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. 
It is my testimony that the border is secure. When it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90 percent, and that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. But we know that more action needs to be taken. So it has to be legislative action. We're going to continue to call Congress uh, to do that. So obviously the border is not secure. Anyone with eyes can see that. And anyone who lives in a border state like I do actually it takes offense at comments like that because they're just factually not true. The reality is, is that border communities in my state are suffering already. And that's before the end of Title 42. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, every year is Alan Ethan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, we are into so much, it's really hard to know where exactly to start. But I want to continue with RFK Jr. Uh, this is just a, a, an amazing development when you think about it. Because here's a guy who's stepping out of the shadow. Uh, he's an environmental lawyer. He's been out there a long time. Obviously, son of the uh, iconic RFK himself, uh, former attorney general with JFK. He's also uh, the former senator uh, from the great state of New York. And... Um, he has tweeted recently about Biden's monstrosity at the border, and he has observed that a four-time departed illegal immigrants killing spree was completely preventable, completely preventable. He, he tweeted this. He tweeted that, quote, Francisco Oropesa Perez Torres, okay, Francisco Oropesa Perez Torres has been arrested for the murder of five people. He added that, quote, it is not anti-immigrant bigotry to demand an immigration system that keeps out the criminals. In fact, letting them in stokes bigotry. And as president, I will enforce a secure border and I will expand the kind of legal immigration that made our country great. Unquote. Now, while this message has great national appeal, you got to wonder, is it resonating with today's woke Democrat Party? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, RFK Jr. and fellow Democrat presidential primary challenger, this uh, self-help guru, Marianne Williamson, they're being denied the debate forums that were afforded to rivals in 2020. Now, that being the case, you got to wonder, is it possible that RFK Jr. might have a greater inclination to capitalize on his crossover appeal and go independent, since he's already polling at 20 percent against Biden's 66 percent with the Democrats anyway? He is. He's at around 20%. Biden's at 66. That's pretty sad for a guy who's the incumbent. Anyway, he additionally separated himself from Biden, as well as much of his party, by complaining how climate change is being exploited in ways having nothing to do with real concerns, and that this exploitation is currently committed by the super wealthy as an excuse to commit totalitarian controls. Controls over multiple societies, including ours. Matter of fact, he said that, and I quote, climate issues and pollution issues are being exploited by mega billionaires like Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates, unquote. He said all these things recently. He was on radio with, I think, uh, Kim Iverson. Anyway, he argued that these authoritarian wealthy had similarly used governments as proxies during the pandemic. He said that, quote, the same way that COVID was exploited to use it as an excuse to clamp down uh, top-down totalitarian controls on society and then give to us engineering solutions. I want to repeat that quotation. He said they did it saying, quote, the same way that COVID was exploited to use it as an excuse to clamp down top-down totalitarian controls on society and then give to us engineering solutions, unquote. Now, I... I got to be honest with you, I have not heard a bona fide Democrat talk this rationally in years. Has anybody else? RFK Jr. went on to say the quote, and if you look closely, as it turns out, the guys who are promoting those engineering solutions are the people who own the patents for those solutions. Unquote. Well, isn't that nifty? But he's right. He further argued that quote, it's a way they've given climate chaos a bad name because people now see that it's just another crisis that's being used to strip mine the wealth of the poor and to enrich billionaires, unquote. So is it fair to say that this guy, if he does decide to go independent, I mean, he, he could very well make a whole lot of waves, greater waves than any of his would-be independent predecessors. 
I mean, perhaps possibly even win? I mean, this is astonishing. Never really heard this before. And RFK Jr., he has his props. I mean, the guys he's got his stripes. He's, a, he's an environmental lawyer, for God's sakes. This matters. But he is really ticked off at Biden for the way he's mishandled the border crisis. James, let's share with everybody clip two, if you please. It is my testimony that the border is secure. When it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90 percent. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. But we know that more action needs to be taken. So it has to be legislative action. We're going to continue to call Congress uh, to do that. So obviously the border is not secure. Anyone with eyes can see that. And anyone who lives in a border state like I do, actually, it takes offense at comments like that because they're just factually not true. The reality is, is that border communities in my state are suffering already, and that's before the end of Title 42. Just last week, I held a hearing in our border subcommittee and brought a Republican mayor and a Democratic mayor, both representing small border towns from Arizona, and we just asked them, what is it like every day in your town? There are high-speed chases going on through the city of Sierra Vista right now with young teens driving cars and sometimes being killed or causing the death of others, transporting drugs and other migrants through these communities. It is not secure. It is not safe. No, it's not safe. It's not safe. Now, first, you heard DHS Secretary Mallorca on April 19th saying the border is secure. Then you heard a clip from uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre just a couple of days ago saying that the president reduced illegal immigration by 90%. Oh, but characterizes the rest of Congress failing because the Biden administration has been ask, asking Congress to act as if that's somehow the measure of why it is he's not responsible for what's going on. Folks, we have tons of laws that already provide this man with enough power to secure the border, at least better do so than he, he's currently doing. And, and you have to ask yourself, since when has the... I, I, I guess you have to wonder, since when has the enforcement of existing laws ever been contingent upon the passage of new ones? Ask yourself that. Has that ever been the case? Has there ever been a time in history where the enforcement of existing laws have been contingent upon the passage of new ones? Because that's what this president wants us to believe. And you know what? That's something RFK is not buying. RFK Jr. is not buying that. And it's refreshing as well. It really is. He pointed out that that this uh, mass killer, Francisco Oropisa Perez Torres, was arrested for the murder of five people, adding that it is not anti-immigrant bigotry to demand an immigration system that keeps out criminals. In fact, letting them in stokes bigotry. And he further adds that as president, he'll enforce a, border, a secure border. And he also says, quote, I will expand the kind of legal immigration that made our country great. You know, something that we can control. Now, again, this message has great national appeal, but uh, I don't know if it's resonating with this uh, current woke Democrat party. I really don't know. it. And, of course, he's absolutely correct in what he's saying about climate change insofar as how you have the wealthy few like Bill Gates using it as a hide-behind argument when he says, quote-unquote, climate issues and pollution issues are being exploited by mega-billionaires like Microsoft founder Bill Gates. He's, he's absolutely correct. And it is being used to be authoritarian with people. I mean, all we've got to do is understand how to separate the legitimate environmentalists from the illegitimate ones. And there are legitimate ones, okay? I mean, they, they, these are good folks. They just caution us not to blindly side with economic growth at the cost of harming our planet's treasure. They just want us to find a balance. But let's be honest here. The illegitimate ones, they camouflage this socialist agenda behind the cause of environmentalism. Why? To reduce individual prosperity because that weakens the resistance to socialism. I mean, think about it. The more socialists are confronted by a financially self-reliant population, the less attractive becomes their proposal for citizens to surrender independence in exchange for any state's authoritarian protection. And sleight-of-hand politics have really taken hold of the entire global warming climate change debate. I'll give you a quick example here. NOAA, again, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, this, this, this organization has both what's known as the Climate Reference Network, CRN, which is considered by NOAA 
to have its most accurate measures because all of their 114 stations are far away from any industrial sources so as to avoid giving false reads. And then it has what's known as the Global Historical Climatology Network, which has many more stations all around the world. But these are ones that often require readjustment to allow for the already man-made skewing of results to be skewed that much more. So go with the CRN because it's showing a, a, an overall cooling. They're untouched by having to have any adjustments made because they're not near heavily industrial areas. But for some reason, the whole world, including NOAA, prefer the GHCN version because it gives them grounds for authoritarianism. Stick with us. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year, remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. 
access to meaningful employment, access to the veterans' benefits they've earned, accessible homes and vehicles, and access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. I want to, go, I want to continue on a little bit with this uh, issue surrounding the FHFA. I mean, they have this uh, draconian intention to have those with good credit subsidize those with bad credit when it comes to, um, when it comes to uh, mortgage loans. Uh, you got financial officials from 27 different states writing to uh, Biden and FHFA uh, Director Senator Thompson saying that, quote, it is already clear that this new policy will be a disaster. Uh, they go on to say it amounts to a middle-class tax hike that will unfairly cost American families millions upon millions of dollars. And at a time when the real estate market is already slowed considerably due to high interest rates, it will further depress home sales. Uh, this letter from 27 states added that, quote, we urge you to take immediate action to end this unconscionable policy. You have to wonder how bad will this have to get before Biden and company reverse course, if they ever will. Uh, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing none other than Michael Austin, member of the National Center for Public Policy's Research, uh, Research's Project 21. He's also uh, president of Knowledge and Decisions Economic Consulting and was chief economist to two Kansas governors. Michael, good to have you back. How are you today? I'm doing well, Nathan. Thank you so much for having me. No, a pleasure. And this is uh, this is an amazingly important issue. Um, it just seems so bizarre uh, and so incredibly counterintuitive. I I don't know how um, anyone ever came to the conclusion that this is a good idea. It's, it's going to hurt uh, not just the housing market, but the economy overall, will it not? Yeah, you're right when you say it's bizarre. It seems, you know, the federal government's Robin Hood routine of robbing Peter to pay Paul, we all knew that wasn't a good idea. But now we're kicking it up a notch. Now we're robbing Peter's house to give it to Paul. You know, this new income redistribution rule, I think, is sending a chilling message out there. If you work hard, if you pay your bills, if you stay debt-free, the government will punish you. Yeah, so what do you think the Federal Housing Finance Agency was, was thinking about this? Because, I mean, think about it. The good credit folks needed to subsidize the bad credit ones aren't going to be around anyway. They're going to hold back buying a home, um, thus meaning they'll also be actually holding on to the homes they already have because of their already locked-in lower interest rates. And that's just going to drain the, the housing market of both inventory and buyers, Right. You know, uh, as you all know, you, you, you shouldn't be looking at policies based off of their intentions. You should be looking at it based off of results. And the results are pretty clear. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, announced a nonsensical scheme on these fees. Uh, what the FHFA said, if you have a 740 uh credit score or higher, and let's say you take out a $350,000 loan, you put down 20%, well, guess what? You get to enjoy an extra $1,300 in mortgage fees. I mean, this is a cruel joke to play on those who have been responsible with their finances. Yeah, but their answer is to use secondary measures of allegedly higher morals to supplant the primary moral, which is to allow us all to better choose our own individual paths, and they do it by Again, stating these allegedly higher morals, well, we've got to get the market moving, got to get uh, low-income people a better shot at the American dream. And they speak in you know, generalities when they fail to argue the specifics in a fashion that makes any sense. And it's as if they, they're telling us that their agendas are validated by their stated goals, which is, of course, bizarre as well, because, as you know, an agenda is never validated by its stated goal because... Well, that's the job of the agenda, to validate itself by showing how it can achieve that stated goal. And that's something they never can do. They refuse to show 
how they can tether their assertions to their required foundational merits. They're, they're unable to show how their claims can be linked to their to, the, to any measurable standard of accountability and dialogue and debate, or am I being too snarky? No, that's exactly right, but I guess what I'll push back and I'll say is that I don't think they frankly care. I mean, this is Marxism 101 where don't judge me by the results, judge me by how pretty my voice sounds, or judge me by the goals I set or the intentions I want to put out there. But it really isn't about the results. For them, I think it really is about control. It's no reason, you know, it's the same reason why they want to raise taxes. They want to control who pays what and who doesn't pay. In this particular case, um, they want to dictate, you know, who can get a house and who doesn't get a house. Why? Maybe it comes back to consolidating more power and more votes, you know, for the politicians that are in charge. But I think you're right, Nathan. It has nothing to do with the results. It all has to do about funneling more power, more money, and more control to government. What I don't understand is, you know, forget about for momentarily how disincentivizing this is to the housing market because they seem to want to do that anyway. Um, I'm I'm trying to look at how it provably assaults the Constitution because, again, it's it's a tax not written by Congress, which I think should make it ripe for very winnable court challenges. I mean, even Obama's former Federal Housing Administration Commissioner, David Stearns, he smacked this around saying, whoa, we can do better programs to help more minorities get into home ownerships. This is not the way to do it. Um, it, 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 it seems to me that... Uh, this is ripe for Congress to challenge on constitutional grounds. They, they, can, they have standing in a constitutional lawsuit. The, the, the GOP-led House has all the grounds in the world they need to go after the president for violating separation of powers, and yet all these idiots are talking about is coming up with a new bill to fight it, like, like it has a chance of passing in the Senate. Give me a right. Who needs another law when we've already got laws saying this can't be done? What am I missing? No, I, I think that's effectively right. And obviously, it goes well beyond just this particular regulator, regulation. There are many other regulations that I think usurp the power of the Congress um, and give the executive branch way too much authority. So I, I think that there's a standing there for Congress to, to make a constitutional case. But to go back to you know the implications of this rule, I, I mean, it's, it's a Pandora's box. There's so many different consequences that can come from these types of policies. First and foremost, Tell me, why would you even bother about your credit score if you know you're going to get punished by having a good one? You know, you, you can't incentivize, you know, uh, bad behavior, excuse me, good behavior, and then expect people to become responsible. It's like giving a kid, you know, a piece of candy and then scolding them for having cavities. What did we think was going to happen? Um, I mean, as it turns then, out, anyway, the, the houses were starting to go back up in value again because there were fewer, fewer homes on the market available. That's what began happening anyway. And uh, that was happening, of course, because, uh, you know, people were just having a harder time getting funds necessary to get it. But people were also holding on to their homes longer because they, they prefer the lower interest rate that maybe they've had for a number of years. Why would anybody want to sell their existing home when they prefer their 2.8 point, you know, their 2.87% or the 3.2%, whatever it is they may have gotten a few years ago? Why would anybody give that up in exchange for anything, sir? No, that's exactly right. If you want to make it easier to get a house, lower the cost. Don't pile on more borrows with bad credit. Do you see this failing? Do you see them waking I, up I, on this one? I, I, I don't think so. Only if we push back will they wake up and realize how much of a disaster this policy is. The pushback, I think, will be manifested in harsh times. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.